0: Praise the living God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. After having uh, the message last week about searching for God and how it can be a danger in searching for God, we also talked about um, uh, 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 in searching for God that to, to, to keep yourself out of danger in doing that, you need to know the Word of God. You need to know the Word of God. And so today is going to the message is, is more about reading the word of God, which is something that is so basic. And until we actually give it some thought and listen to what God would have to say about it, we kind of take reading the word of God for granted. But we got to remember that spiritual matters. Uh, spiritual things matter. <coughs> spiritual things matter. Uh, I'm, I'm not asking you to, to check your brain at the door and don't use any thought, you know. Many of us here are science-minded, and certainly know I am, and it was many years that it took me to realize that that spiritual matters were even greater and and, uh, overshadowed things of science because things of God is science, amen? And uh, we can't see gravity, as I said before, and you can't see the wind, but you can certainly see and feel the forces of gravity and wind, but you can't see it. So the spiritual things are very, very, very real, and the things of the Spirit do matter. uh, The Bible says that God is spirit and that we should worship God in spirit and in truth. We should worship God in spirit and in truth. But how can we worship God in truth if we don't know the truth, if we don't know the truth? How can you worship God in spirit and in truth if you don't know the truth? So in light of this sermon with those dangers, and we talked about how we need to know what the truth is, we need to realize that God's word is alive. The written word that we read is alive. And the more you expose yourself to the word of God, the more the word of God will reveal itself to you. Okay? I remember back in the 70s, there was a a crazy notion going around that if you wanted to learn your lessons while you are in college, uh, or you really had to do was to believe it or not, you know, smoke a joint, put a textbook under your pillow, put your head on the pillow, and sleep on it, and you would absorb all of that knowledge, you know, like through some stupid os- osmosis. Now, obviously, that didn't work because all those that were doing doing it doing it were very proficient dummies. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we so we know that. But the more we expose ourselves to the Word of God, the more the Word of God will expose itself to you. The Word of God is a living Word, and we have to understand that. And it's hard for us to conceptualize that. How can a written Word made out of ink and paper, how can it be a living Word? Well, the Word of God, don't forget, is inspired by Holy Spirit. Men simply wrote it down on parchments and on scrolls and so forth, but the Word of God was inspired by Holy Spirit. So it's alive. If we go to Proverbs 22, let's go to Proverbs verse 22. We're going to talk about here the importance of reading the Word of God. Because the whole thing comes down to the final analysis is that if we are involved with something or if we're going someplace that we should not be going, how are we going to be protected from doing that? If we are involved with something that we shouldn't be involved with, how are we going to be protected from doing that? And that is by knowing the Word of God. And how can you know the Word of God if you're not reading the Word of God? Proverbs 22, verse 17 Verse 17: Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee; they shall withal be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have known, I have known to, to, I have known to thee this day, even to thee. So again, the key verse there, though, is: Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. So here we see that we have to, God is saying to incline your ear to his words, that you need to listen to them and bring them into your heart. How can you spout forth the word of God, or how can you know that you're running into a dangerous place or into a dangerous situation, or how do you know that a decision that you're about to make is not what God would want you to do if you don't know what God wants you to do, because God speaks to us through his word. Now, of course, prayer is is one very, very direct communication with God, but God wouldn't just say simply pray to me and you don't have to incline your ear to my word if all we needed to do was to pray to God. So God is telling us something else here, that there, it is more than prayer that connects us with God and allows us or permits us to to excel in this world that we're living in, according with God's word. So we can't say that prayer. And I'm not saying that you should not pray. I'm not saying that at all. But if God was saying that prayer was all you needed to do, then he wouldn't talk so, so much throughout scripture about reading his word about reading his word. It is important that you have the word of God on your lips to defeat darkness when it comes against you and to minister to others who might be misinterpreting God's word. How can you be helpful to someone else that might be in your life if you don't know God's word? How can you be helpful to someone in the workplace, in the family, in a store that you wind up meeting that starts talking about the word of God and they're talking stuff that is totally, whoo, I mean, totally cuckoo stuff? How can you counter that, that discussion if you don't know the answers, if you don't know the word of God? And how do you know the word of God? Well, we're going to see here. It's through reading. It's through reading the word of God to know God better. You must spend time reading what he has to say. The Bible is his message to you. If you want him to listen to what you have to say, you should also listen to what he has to say through his written word. Although God can also speak directly to your heart, you need to know his written word so you can judge whether God is speaking to you or if the enemy is trying to deceive you. If you don't know God's word, how do you know whether or not this is the enemy trying to deceive you or someone else is simply trying to throw you off track? So you need to know God's word for yourself. God will not love you anymore. God will not love you anymore because you read the Bible. It's for your benefit. It's not required to make God love you anymore. However, without reading the Bible, you will not grow spiritually. Without reading the Bible, you will not grow spiritually and you may be more easily deceived. How can you expect to grow? You, you know, <clears throat> all of us here went to school at points in our lives. And during the time that you're in school, be it elementary school and junior high, college, and on up high school, college, and so on, you read the textbooks. You read the textbooks. Those of us that read the textbooks and studied the textbooks, we wound up passing the exams. Those of us who did not read the textbooks, and I recall that there were times that I would rather go off party and didn't read the textbook. And the next day, there was a pop quiz, and boy, oh, boy, I squeaked and struggled to get through that. Why? Because I didn't read. Well, it's the same thing with the Word of God. And the word of God is far more profound and is far more important to us in our lives. Because while you may fail a class in school, you can take that class over, repeat the class, repeat the semester, delay graduation by five years and so on. You can just stay and stay and stay. okay? but with the word of God, you're running a dangerous game if you're so to to speak, you're failing the test because you don't know the words, you see. And the test for those were the test for those exams, so to speak, of reading the word of God could have a, a profound impact on your life, something that you may not have a do over with. So you need to make sure that we're realizing that reading the Bible is very, very important. You cannot grow spiritually if you're not reading the word of God. Prayerfully reading the scriptures yourself is the only real defense against being misled. Yeah, I mean, I, the Lord's pulling me back here for a minute. You will not grow spiritually if you're not reading the Bible. The question may be, why do I need to grow spiritually? Why do I need to grow? If you think in your life, wherever you are right now relative to God, if you think that you're at where, you're, where you need to be, then you're sadly mistaken. And you're opening yourself to not fully enjoying what God has in store for you. If you get to the point in your life that you think you don't need to grow anymore spiritually, that I I know all that I need to know about God, and boy, you're doing yourself a great disservice because you will never come to know the fullness of what God really, really has in store for you. I don't care how long you've been in the Lord. I don't care. You know, many people were born again from the time they were were eight, nine years old. You read stories where where, where the kids understood about Jesus enough to to confess Jesus and come to the Lord at that early age. Some of us came to to the Lord much later on in life. Some came to the Lord by us hearing it in church or hearing a relative talking about it. Some of us came to the Lord because of the fact that our lives got to a point that things were so bad that you finally fell on your knees before God and you cried out to God, God, help me because I need you. I need you. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Lord Jesus, come into my life. But if you ever get to the point where you think you don't need to grow spiritually, then you're doing yourself a great disservice. You're doing God a disservice, too, because you're not allowing God to live out his fullness through you. So don't ever think that you don't need to grow and that you don't need to read the Word of God. As I said before, we discussed last week concerning running all around, searching for God in the wrong places and, 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 the, and searching for the Word. And we read the scripture, the Bible is nigh thee even in your mouth. So we realized, and we talked about that last week, that you don't have to go running all over the place, but the Bible is in your mouth. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. Praise the living God. Deuteronomy 30. And we we just read the scripture again. And if you didn't underline it, highlight it now. Uh, Verse number 11. Verse 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say, uh, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it down unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh thee, is very near thee, unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. Okay? So the word says that it's very near you, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. So the bottom line then is that how do you get it into your mouth? How do you get it into your heart? How do you you get it there? Well, obviously, the answer is, is by reading it. And if you go to Revelation 1 real quick, Revelation 1, Revelation chapter 1, okay? And again, I say, if prayer was all that God wanted us to do, then God would not speak repeatedly about reading his word. If prayer was all that we needed to do with God then God would not speak so much about reading his word. Interesting thing, too, because you say, well, Pastor Cobb, well, gee whiz, what if you can't read? There have been documented cases of people, documented cases of people who could read nothing, but when they picked up the Bible, they could read it. Search it out, you'll see it. Documented cases where there have been people who cannot read a book, cannot read a newspaper, but when it came down to the Bible, they were able to read the word of God. The word of God is a living word. It's a living word. So God speaks a lot about reading it. And we just want to do in Revelation one, verse number uh, three. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So please put a highlight for verse number three there. Blessed is he that reads. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Now, of course, here is being referencing the book of Revelation as it was revealed to John, to, uh, to uh, the Apostle John, to the Apostle John. But this is also referring, to those saying that you need to read it. He didn't say just pray about it, but, but to read it. Blessed is he who reads it. Did you ever hear the expression... Did you ever hear the expression uttered that you should read a verse a day to keep the devil away? I don't know if you heard that or not. You should read a verse a day to keep keep the devil away. Now, does that make sense? You know, of course, now we kind of chuckle at that. Because anyone who picks up the Bible every day with this idea is using the Bible as a lucky charm. That's a lucky charm. Oh, if I don't read my scripture today, then the devil's going to hit me, so I better read a scripture to keep the devil away. Well, that's using the Bible as a lucky charm. And that is not the reason that we have the word of God. That does not make any sense sense at all. The the idea here is that if you look at what John was saying, there, John is not just encouraging us to glance at some words on a page. John has much more in mind. And this is what we're going to get at today. The crux of why we read the Bible, the crux of how you read the Bible. In the Bible, reading has to do with understanding what God has to say to you. Reading the Bible deals with you understanding what God has to say to you. The idea is not that you would read it and then not know anything about what you just read or read it and say, well, there, I read my scripture for today. I read my chapter for today, so now I'm done. You know, we get into these reading plans and you're gonna read a scripture a day or a chapter a day and then you sit down at night or in the morning or whatever it is, you sit down aside to read it and then you read it and you say, okay, I'm done. But did you understand what the Word of God was saying to you? Did you actually get it down into your spirit the meaning of those words? If you get into the habit where you pick up, we're going to talk about Bible plans a, a little later. But if you have a Bible plan there, and the Bible plan lays out for you, which I've had over the years, um, for today read one Corinthians uh, uh, thirteen, and then then go to Old Testament, you know, and read you know first Deuteronomy, you know Deuteronomy one or whatever, and then read one from the Psalms, one from the Proverbs. There are plans like that, and then you sit down, you cut out time. Okay, here we go. Go. You pick up Corinthians, you read that chapter. You go to to Deuteronomy. And you read that, you go to Proverbs, you go down to Psalms, you look at your watch. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Now, what if the Lord was to appear to you just before you get up and get ready to leave the house and say to you, my son, my daughter, what did you just read? What did I say to you? How many of us would be able to do that? How many of us, after we leave church, when they get home, if God was to stop you outside in the parking lot and say to you, what did you hear today? What did I say to you today through my word? How many of us would remember, even in the parking lot, what was said during church service? I remember talking to some friends of ours back east when they had gone to, to this church, and they came, and then when we saw they were raving, oh, what a tremendous service, and the band played this, and they had this performance, and they did that, and so forth. Oh, my gosh, what an anointed service. Oh, really? What did the preacher talk on? What did the pastor speak on? And they looked at each husband and wife, they looked at each other. Neither one could tell us what was talked about. They remembered the music, they remembered the costumes and things that were going but they couldn't remember the word, you see. So it's important to us that we, we, we hear the word of God, and that we read the word of God, and we understand what the word of God is saying relative to you, because don't no, forget, going to church is all about you. Well, it's all about God, but obviously it's there so that you can benefit from what you're hearing and experiencing in church. So we shouldn't, <coughs> excuse me, we shouldn't read the word of God just, just saying that OK, I read my verse on my chapter for today, and now I'm done. The idea of reading is to grasp God's message to us, to give diligence to our study of the word of truth. The Greek word translated diligent in uh, in Scripture means that when you open the word, you give yourself fully to it. You give yourself fully to it. Now again, if you can remember back when you were in school, if you were serious about your studies, when you went through your textbook, I mean, you were highlighting things in your textbook, you were putting notes, you were writing notes, and you maybe reread the paragraph, reread the chapter, until you fully understood it. Until you fully understood it. Okay? I remember when I was taking trigonometry, that was one of the things that I, I struggled with. Calculus, oh boy, what a, boy, that was a hard thing that was. But I really had to study and read it in order to grasp what was going on. So it's more than just you reading the Word of God, you've got to really, really read it diligently, meaning that you're putting your whole self fully to it. You devour it the same way you devour a good book. You take the Bible seriously. How many can remember back to the time when you had time to read a book? When you had a time to read a good novel, when you had a good time to read, to, to, read uh, you, you know, to read a good piece of science fiction work. You know, I love spy thrillers and everything, but I haven't had time in years to have to sit down and read a good book. But I remember when reading those good books, you could get so immersed in that book that you could see visually. You could see, you could envision the scene that was going on in the book. You could envision the characters. When the author described the person, you could see that person. You really could get into it. That's how we need to read the Bible. That's how we need to read the Bible. When you're reading the Battle of Jericho, do you envision what that battlefield looked like? Do you envision what, what, what the walls of Jericho look like? When God is speaking to you, when you're reading it, are you really fully immersed in it the way you would if you were reading a good book? God says that we need to study to show ourselves approved. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. <clears> 2 <throat> Timothy Chapter two. Praise the living God. Second Timothy, chapter two, and starting with verse number 15. Second Timothy two, chapter 15, uh, verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Underline that, please. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, so study here and associating the word study and dividing the word of truth. How can you divide the word of truth from fiction if you're not studying the word of God? And the Lord knows there's enough of that fiction that is out there today, because I hear things in just talking to people in passing and whatnot, things that are so far off the mark concerning the word of God. And I stand there as many times the Holy Spirit just tells me to hold my tongue, and sometimes he tells me to refute it and set them straight. But many times they're quoting, things and they're saying things that have nowhere to be found in the Bible. Nowhere at all. Nowhere. They're doing things. Oh, yeah, the Lord led me to do so and so and so. And I say, well, where, where, where's that in the Bible? I'm sitting there, you know. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will have me correct them or guide them gently. But how can you divide the word of truth if you don't know what the truth is? You see? you see. And again, it getting down to following people. Because people will say to you, and many times today people will, because the whole and I say I say this cautiously, but understand where I'm coming from here. Um, um, Christianity has taken has taken such a leftward turn, or such a turn. I don't want to get into left or right because that sounds political. But it's taken a turn that is so far away from what the word of God is saying. It isn't funny. Yet people say spouting what they say is truth and it's not truth, because It's nowhere to be found in the Bible. You see, but we hear that more and more and more. I hear that in terms of some churches, what they're following, what they are espousing as their as their doctrine. And it's not in line with the word of God. But they wind up saying, well, there are other Christians, other Christians, other Christians. Well, as my mom used to always say that, you know, the the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions because other Christians, other Christians, other Christians are following that doctrine. If it's not in the Bible, then it's not the truth. You see, but how can you know the truth? How can you divide the truth if you yourself don't know what the truth is? It goes on to say, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Okay, stay away from nonsense, in other words, for they will increase unto more godliness. And their word will eat, as does a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, okay, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are His. Let every one that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So, what he's saying here is that Aram, uh Hymanius, and 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 Philetus, Philetus, on um, uh, their word will eat as will eat as does uh, a canker, a canker worm, just devours things. You know of whom is Hymanius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred. So he's saying they're concerning the truth that, that they're wrong. They're wrong. You see. Who is concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. They overthrow the faith of some, you see. So he's saying here that you need need to study yourself, study to show yourself approved there, study to show yourself approved unto God so that you will know the truth, so that when you are around people like Hymenius here, and they start talking their truth, that you know that it is not truth because they're wrong. Okay, but how can you know the truth? And you know, and all of us can stop and, and sit back and think for a moment because all of us have been around people <clears throat> or been in situations when people are talking about the word of God. And you know the times that you've heard things that are so far off the market is isn't funny. Okay, but yes, still these people hold themselves up to be to, to, to be to be good, strong Christians, and they know the word, etc. Okay, but they don't know the truth because if they knew the truth, they wouldn't be speaking in error. So God is saying here through his word here, through Timothy here, uh, uh, through Paul 2 Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God. Okay, study to show yourself approved. Are you simply reading the word or, or are you studying the word for a deeper knowledge and understanding of Christ? Why do you read the Bible? Do you sit down at some point in time in your day and you say, okay, Lord, me and you, what do you have to say to me today? Do you really sit down to look at that Bible with, some, with some, some anticipation, with some enjoyment? You know, you know, how many of us may rush to get chores around the house done because our favorite TV program is coming on eight o'clock at eight o'clock. You will finish and rush through whatever you're trying to do so you can be available for the eight o'clock showing. How many of us look at and read the word of God with some anticipation? Do you know what joy you can get from reading the adventures? If you're looking f- like for, for war adventures, if you're looking for intrigue, get into the Old Testament. If you're look at, in, at looking into prophecy and things that Jesus did, go to New Testament. But there is so much interesting and fascinating things in there that every single word that is written in there can speak to you and can guide you. But you've got to study to show yourself approved. Are you simply reading the word or or are you studying the word for a deeper knowledge and understanding of Christ? If you go to 2 Timothy 3, and go there real quick, 2 Timothy chapter 3, should be just on your other page or so. Chapter uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse number 1. Verse number 1. This know also that in the last days perilous perilous times shall come. Having a form of godliness with a small g, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. He's telling us to stay away from people that are our associated or are moving in that way in life. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captives silly women, silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts. Forever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Underline all of that. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We see that happening today. Man man as a species, so to speak, is forever learning. We can go to the moon. We can send rockets to the far reaches of the known universe. We are advancing in science in ways and leaps and bounds. Yes, so when it comes down to the basic truth, do you believe that God is indeed who He says it is? These same learned men and women—they look at you, they say, "No, there's no such thing as God," or give you some other some other random excuse. Forever learning, forever learning. So all of, with all of their intelligence, they still don't know what the truth is. So how can they be guiding us? How can they be guiding you? First number eight goes on to say, "Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses." So do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as their lives as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, charity, patience. Persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, well, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. So another thing is if you know the truth, whatever persecutions or whatever difficulties that you're in, the Lord will deliver you. Verse 12. Yea, and all that, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Please underline verses 14 and 15. Continue thou in the thing which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect Truly furnished unto all good works. So please again underline here, verse number sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. The written written word of God is inspired by Holy Spirit. So if this word that you're reading is inspired by Holy Spirit, then why do we as Christians not take more time to seriously read this word? You know, it it kind kind of boggles my mind. Whereas we all struggle through life. We all have needs. We all have desires. We have things that that, that that are on our plate in terms of goals and aspirations and desires and dreams. We all have things that are going on in our households. We all have tribulations in the trials of work. We all have things uh, uh, just in the neighborhood. I mean, there could be so many things you know going on. All right, Why we don't stop and think that, gee whiz, I don't need to spend some time with God in his word where the answers to every single life problem can be found. Why we think we can go and and go through life and bypass that just boggles my mind. I don't understand how any Christian who claims to love the Lord and really, really, really wants to grow. Now, if you're just going to be the kind of Christian that, yeah, some time ago I confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, so therefore I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ, as Paul coined the term at Antioch. I'm a follower of Christ, so I'm a Christian. And you're content to say, yes, I'm a Christian. But you yourself, you think that that's good enough. That you don't want to grow, that you don't want to really, really get to know God more. That you don't want to spend time you know, I submit to you, how in the heck are you going to get through eternity? Hey, you're going to get through eternity. You're going to be with God a long time, hopefully. So if you think that I can just get through here on earth and don't spend any time with God while I'm here, don't let him talk. me. see, don't forget that God didn't just put us here and then say, "Okay, man's going to have a lifespan of X number of years and then I'll bring him home. He'll be in heaven. God put us here to also to do something on this earth. God put us here to kind of uh, 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 duplicate God through ourselves, through our, our, our life actions, to how we get around and touch others in the world and how you yourself grow. God has so much he wants to share with you, but he's not going to get you there if you do not spiritually want to grow. He's not going to get you there. You have to have a desire to grow. And, and, and God knows whether or not you want to grow. God knows whether or not you're one of those kind of people that mediocre is good enough. You know, I'll tithe I'll, I'll tithe when I'm supposed to tithe. I'll give offerings when I'm supposed to give offerings. You know, I'll pray here and there. If the, if the kids fall down and bang their knees, I'll pray over them. I'll, I'll spend a few, little bit of time with them before they go to bed. We have some, something we call devotions. We do that and so forth like that. But deep down in your heart of hearts of hearts, you know, God knows if you really, really spiritually want to know him. And the way to get to know him is indeed through his word. Through his word, you see, you see. So, 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 so how do we keep ourselves safe and keep ourselves out of trouble? Again, going back to the searching sermon of last week, how do we know that we're going to the right place? We're being involved with the right people is through the word of God, because that's our only yardstick. But how do you know what that yardstick is? If you don't, if you don't, don't read it, you know, you know, if you were going out to buy something and they told you that to go and buy, you know, you know, 16 yards of, of some material. And whatnot, and you go to the store. I want 16 yards, and the guy says, "Okay, there's the yard good. There's the material over there. So on rolls. Go and get your 16 yards." If you didn't know how to take a yardstick and use a yardstick to measure it out, you wouldn't have the faintest idea on how to go about getting that material. Because your yardstick, the yardstick tells you how much material you have. That's that's your yardstick. That's your that your, that's your um, type of measurement. So how are you to know in life? How do you to know if you're doing the right thing if you don't go back to the yardstick, which is the Bible, which is the truth? How do you know if what you're hearing is indeed the truth if you don't know what the yardstick looks like? How do you know when someone says, come here, go there, do this and do that? Or or, or, this is what the word of God says. Or as a Christian, you should be doing this. Or let me go and tell you how to prophesy." Let me teach you how to do this. How do you know whether or not that is false or bogus if you don't know what the yardstick says? And the only way you're going to know what the yardstick says is by reading it. The only way I wound up learning algebra and calculus and so on like that was through reading it, as hard as it was, but it was through reading it. So it's the same thing when it comes down to the Word of God, you see. So we kind of think as Christians that it is not necessary for us to do, to do that. So what, what, is, what, are, what are some of the real benefits of, of reading the Word of God? What are some of the real benefits of reading what is inspired by God's Holy Spirit? What, what are some of the benefits? Well, to start with God's word leads us through salvation. And we know what John 3.16 tells us, okay? So I won't go there right now, okay? Salvation is one of the benefits from reading it. The scriptures also, the other benefit, is that the scriptures guide our steps. The scriptures guide our steps. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 105. 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you read and you heed the Lord's instructions, he will show you where to go. He'll show you where to go. He'll show you what to say. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you what to what what to think and do in terms of decisions. His word also reveals when we're heading in the wrong direction and warns us of the consequences if you continue down that path. The word is is a lamp unto your feet. Think about life as being a dark place when all you have is this flashlight. This flashlight as you're shining it on, on the ground there, you know, it, it'll show you if you get to a cliff. If you're about to fall off. It'll show you where there's a rock in the road. It'll show you where there's a tree that you're about to bump into. We've all been in the house when there's been a blackout at night time and you had a candle or a flashlight and you're navigating your, your way through the house. And even though it's your house and you know where everything is, you can, you can risk bumping into things. <coughs> Excuse me, it's the same thing with, with, with life. Without that word of God, it's a lamp that guides you. If God's word does not guide you where you're going, then you won't know where to go. You see, you've got something in life that you're praying for, that you're hoping for, that you're you're, you're, you're looking for a decision, a decision on how to do something or whatnot. The word of God will guide you. Otherwise, you may wind up making the wrong decision. You may wind up going about to walk off a cliff as far as that decision is concerned. And the word of God will point that light down there to show you there's a cliff there. Don't go in that direction. You see. In your heart of hearts, you may feel like this is the right direction. In your heart of hearts, you may feel that this is the right decision. This is the right thing to do. You read the word of God and you'll hear in the word of God, this is not the right thing for you to do. You're not ready. This is not where you want to go. There's a stumbling stone there. But you may see that past that stumbling stone, you you don't see the stumbling rock there, but all you see, though, is this tree with all the glittery things on all that tasty fruit that's hanging on that tree. And you'll say, that's where I want to go. Boy, that looks so good. But if you don't decide, if you miss reading the Word of God, maybe that one day, that one night you sit down to read the Word, to read the Word of God, God will give you that scripture that will show you that tree, that thing that you see that looks so good to you, don't go in that direction because right in front of you there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a huge, there's a huge drop off. There's a cliff which is, which is going to be your destruction. You wouldn't know that unless you consulted the Word of God. Okay. All right. And and, and 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 don't tell. Don't ask me to tell you how that works scientifically or intellectually. All I can tell is tell you is that the word of God is written by the Spirit of God, written by the Holy Spirit, and that same Holy Spirit is what is guiding you, and that same Holy Spirit that is guiding you, if you're willing to listen to Him, will be in line with the Scripture. So therefore, if you've got this thing in your life, this glittery thing that you're about to go after, because you think that is where you need to go, you think that is the right decision to make, you think that is the right thing to say, the Holy Spirit that is guiding you along, if you're not hearing him, he will point you to the scripture, which will confirm in your spirit, this is not where I need to go. Because the word of God will tell you, the word of God will tell you. If you're feeling distraught, you're feeling down about something, you're feeling depressed about something, you go to that Word of God. The Holy Spirit knows the state of your spirit. The Holy Spirit knows how you're feeling. The Word of God will send you to those scriptures, which will be just the scriptures that you need to read to, to build you up again, to make you feel and know that God is there with you. But you won't know that unless you're reading the Word of God. The Word of God is a lamp unto your feet. God's words direct us to wisdom one hundred nineteen still in, in, in Psalm 119, 130. God's word directs us to wisdom. one thirty. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. The word <clears throat> The entrance of thy words gives light, it gives understanding unto the simple. So it gives light. It gives it gives understanding. Scripture is is our our greatest protection. You see, and, see and, and, and we may think a decision is very, very simple. I don't need God for this. You know, it doesn't seem very complex. If you're not reading the word of God, something you're about to do, which seems very, very simple, could indeed be very, very complex. And you won't realize it until you go and act on what you think is simple. All right. But whereas if you read the word of God, Holy Spirit will show you through the word of God. No, 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 no. You didn't think about this part of that. You need to think about this particular aspect of that decision that you're about to make. So you need to make sure that you're reading the word of God so that it can guide you and give you the wisdom. You know, wisdom, the word of God will will give you wisdom in a way where you will make a decision that may seem wrong to others. May not seem like the right thing to others, but God will give you a wisdom in understanding a situation that it may not give to someone else that is not reading the word of God. There's so much in the Word of God to give you insights into your life. There's so much in the Word of God that will fit your particular situation no matter what it may be, it will fit your particular situation if you're willing to read it. If you're willing to read of God to read the Word of God in searching for it. You know, it's like a shield. It's like a shield that goes before us, guarding our way and warning us of danger. But if we neglect reading and obeying the word, we won't be able to distinguish the right from the wrong. You see? Somebody say, well, it's a no brainer. Why don't we just pick up and just go? It's a no brainer. All right. Holy Spirit will tell you, no, it's not a no brainer. Do you know what's down there? Do you know what's there? Do you know what that particular car is? Do you know the safety record on that car? You're buying that from that owner. Do you know what happened with that thing before that person decided to, 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 uh, to sell it? All right. OK, there are so many small things in our lives that we just take for granted that we do not consider consulting God about the word of God can lift our burdens. If you go to one nineteen uh, twenty eight <clears throat> one nineteen, verse twenty eight. There's so much in Psalms that is so much, so much to read. One nineteen twenty eight. And this is what I was briefly touching on a minute ago. One nineteen twenty eight. My soul melts for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. My soul melts for heaviness. Strengthen thou me unto thy word. You see, so again, if you're feeling heaviness, if you're feeling depression, the word of God can lift you out of that because the look, the word of God looks at every aspect of your life. We can run to His word when you're in pain. That's almost something that we really need to remember. When you're in pain, run to the word of God. You know, you know, maybe maybe bypass the Tylenol. law. Run to the word of God. You're feeling heavy of heart. Run to the word of God. You'd be surprised how many scriptures there are that will lift you up. Just simply knowing, you know, you're feeling heavy and depressed about something. Just reading the scripture that says, be not afraid. I'm with you. Be thou strong. Be of good courage. I am the Lord thy God. I will not leave you. You'd be surprised, at least for me, I can only speak for me, when I've got something on my mind that's weighing me down. And don't think because, you know, I'm a pastor that I don't get weighed down. I Maybe get, I get weighed down more than you because the devil would love to put me out of commission. Amen. 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 But when I feel and I pick up the Word of God, and I just read that with Joshua, what was that, 1-9. You know, be of good courage, I'm with you. Then I remember, that's right, God is here. Why am I worrying about this? Why am I carrying this burden? Why am I, why don't I just give it to God? you know why am i concerned about this why am i concerned about that i can't do this without him so just give it to him he's a, he's he's a, he's a, he's got a better handle on this this is my life he created it he knows where he wants me to go so why am i carrying this burden you see but it'll take the word of god to even remind me of that so what i'm saying to you is that if you're not in the habit of running to the word of god when you're feeling burdened then you wind up carrying the burden more and more and more okay the word the, the, the lord the, the word of god brings joy Again, now, we're still in Psalm 119. Let's go to 111. Getting to winding down here. The word of, of God brings joy. <coughs> Verse number 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Okay, I have inclined mine ear to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. All right. So your testimonies have I taken, to, for they are rejoicing of my heart. So when you're feeling you're feeling depressed again, you can go to the Word of God. You'll find great joy and comfort in reading it. When facing through situations and discouragement, our first response should be to open the Scriptures. Even if we don't know where to read, the Lord will guide you to a passage that will help you through your situation. If we don't have a Bible with us, uh, and if we don't have a Bible with you, he can bring to mind the verses that we stored in our hearts. Now, here's the key again about reading the Word of God, because as you're reading the Word of God with understanding, those words wind up being stored in your heart so that you don't have to have the physical Bible in your hand. The scriptures will come back to mind, okay? I don't have a Bible with me every single second of the day when things are going through my head and thoughts and things that I have to do, but the, the Holy Spirit brings back to, remember, to memory those scriptures which I have read over the years. Once we experience how the scriptures can change your sorrow into joy, your, your love for the Lord and His Word will increase and overflow with praise and gratitude. But you've got to get into the habit of reading it. The scriptures can give peace. Go to 165. The scriptures can bring peace. Psalm nineteen one sixty five. Great peace have they which love the law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love the law, and nothing shall offend them. Verse number 165, again, the word of God can bring you peace. Those who love your law will have great peace, and nothing, nothing, nothing can ever cause you, you to stumble. Now that we see that what the benefits of the word can be, what, what's the most effective word to give it, to read it? And I'm going to close with these, with these remarks here, because it's one thing to say, read the word of God. That seems so easy, so casual and whatnot, but you have to have a plan, because otherwise you won't do it, all right? And many audiences that I've spoken before, because it is the way it is, and I'm not pointing fingers and making accusations or anything like that, but it's a general truth that many people are not reading the Bible. Simple as that or reading the Bible sporadically, or reading the Bible whenever you get a chance. And what I'm saying to you is that the way the world is going, and and the the Word of God talked a lot about end times. Well, we're in the end times of the end times, in my humble opinion. I don't know when Jesus is returning, but if you look at what's going on around you, there is definitely something different happening in the world. Something, Something is different. Lies are being told left and right, and if you don't know better, you'll wind up becoming, you'll fall hook, hook, line, and sinker into what's being espoused out there. You know, you know. know, So so you need to know what what God is saying, where God's position is on something. And I know for a fact that people are not reading their Bible. So if that fits you, then all I'm just saying to you is that there's coming the time here where you really, really, really need to get serious with God. And the way to be able to separate the wheat from the chaff, to be separate the the, the truth from fiction, is by knowing what the Word of God is saying, because that is your only yardstick, okay? There will be people in the workplace, people in the neighborhood, people in the family, people that you know, or whatever, that's going to be saying so so and so and so and so and so, and this is truth, okay? Because everyone's truth is their truth. All right. So and so and so. This is truth. If you don't know the word of God, then you are going to be be possibly following or walking on the false, false beliefs, uh, under illusions, delusions, whatever you want to call it, because it is not the truth. All right. right? And and I don't care what man's law says is truth. The bottom line is what does the word of God say about that so-called truth? And that's that's my yardstick. And I stand firm on that. I, I stand firm. I stand strong on that. And I don't care what the laws wind up. The Word of God says to obey. Let me, let me restate that. The Word of God says to obey man's law. But when man's law starts telling you to violate God's Word, that's when you stand strong and you do not do it. The Word of God talks about obeying laws. Yes, we should follow man's laws. But if the Word of God is trying to take us away from God's law, <clears throat> then we put our feet down and we say, No, the Bible does not permit me to do that because God said, God said, God said. And evidence is that throughout scriptures, but you, 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 take Daniel, you know, where he was being told to doubt, bow down before the statue, he said, I will not worship, worship the statue, and, and, he was seen praying and so forth. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the same thing, they were thrown into the furnace. So when it comes down to you, making your, you, making your choice in life, be it the workplace, be it, be it with family members, be it, you know, how many here, how many here are, are bold enough to tell someone simply, no, I'm not gonna do that? Why? Because I don't want to do it because it's not in line, in line with the word of God. How many of us are bold enough to actually say that? I don't care who the person is. If you know that person is telling you to do something that's not in line with God's word, I don't care if it's your husband, your wife, your, Grant, your aunt Tilly, or who it is. You tell that person, no, I'm sorry. You tell them really nicely, no, with all due respect, I'm not going to do that. Well, why are you not going to? Because it's not in line with my, with my, my faith system and, of course, with the word of God. Well, the Bible does say, does say so and so and so, so you can do it. Show me. Show me. If they cannot show you in the Bible where it says you can do whatever it is that they're telling you to do that you know is not in the Bible, then you don't go along with it. Okay? Okay? But you're not going to know that if you're not reading the Word of God to be able to separate truth. So how do we read the Bible? How do we read the Bible? It seems to be a, be a no-brainer. Well, the first first place, you know, my suggestion is to get a good study Bible. <clears throat> get a good study Bible. Okay, and I personally, I like King James, but that's just me. I like King James with Schofield notes because it allows me to do a lot of cross-referencing back and forth. And it's okay to share a Bible sometimes, but every single believer should have their own Bible. And why is that? Because the Bible is a personal thing. It's a personal, it should be a personal thing, put it like that. Your Bible should be something that you can feel and take around the house and mark down when you're in the privacy of you and God talking and he's ministering to you for you to write notes to take notes again back when you were in school didn't you take notes then you write things in the margin remember the one of the first things I used to find out you know is, is this textbook does it have to be returned do I have to return it or can I mark it up library books I always knew I couldn't mark up or shouldn't mark up you know but I always wanted a book that I could make notes so the same thing with the Bible if you're really going to get serious with God you'll have your own Bible where you can write things down in. Now, again, again and I'm just speaking and saying it like it is, um, I have electronic devices. I'm a gadget person. I've got, I, I got the Bible on this iPad I'm doing the sermon from, and I've got, iPad, I got the Bible on my phone. I have it on other little things and whatnot electronically. When it comes down to reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God, I want paper. I want paper. Because while I can make notes, even in my electronic Bible on here, you can do all sorts of notes and underlining and whatnot. My personal preference, and again I'm not saying this is mandatory, my personal preference is give me some paper that I can write on so that I can see the notes. Because when I'm reading the word of God and, and I'm in prayer and God says, Go to, you know, Psalm so and so and so and so and I go to Psalm so and on, so on, and then lo and behold, there's a note that I've written. Four years ago, five years ago, even ten years ago, in one of my old Bibles where the pages were falling out, that was so applicable to my situation that was current. A note that I had written, okay, several years ago was applicable to my situation that was current. It was a further it was, it was further impact to me, God is trying to tell me something here, because guess what, I was there before. I was there before, and God is showing me. You see, I brought you through that situation. Then I will bring you through the situation now. So reading the Word of God is, again, get a good study Bible. You can mark it with, you know. One of my particular things is that whatever translation you feel comfortable with, again, I like King James, whatever you're comfortable with. But what I do find in using King James is that I also have an Amplified Bible, okay? The Amplified Bible takes, without changing the context of what King James or what the Word of God is saying, the Amplified Bible simply uh, uh builds on and expands that particular passage with additional words to help you really understand the these and the thou's that made in the King James when you're also reading the Bible look at the reference notes look at the footnotes that are there and follow those footnotes back and forth this is what I'm saying to you if you're a serious going to be seriously reading the Bible again if you want to read a a, a read a verse a day to keep the devil away you know or to simply read a verse to be in line with this plan that you have for yourself you're not really going to study it then all this doesn't matter But if you're really, really serious and you want to understand what God is saying to you, get you a Bible that you can can handle and read and mark up and be able to cross-reference. The next thing is to plan your study. Set aside some time and a place to study the Bible. Just don't take it for random. I mean, it's, it's fine if you know on your lunch hour you want to pop off, you know, and sit down and read the scriptures. That that's all well and good. But I'm saying, but during the course of the day, set a time, a serious time for reading and studying the Bible. You know, and whatever you approach to use as the to, uh, to use as your buddy as your Bible, read it with purpose. Don't just 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 don't flip a thing and, and go go randomly. You know, I mean, God can't have to off the top of your head, so to speak, say, go to Psalm 34, verse number three, and you scream, boom, and, song, and that's the verse that you need to hear. Yes, God will indeed do that. But I'm saying that as a part of your of your, your plan to read and to understand God's word, you know, to sit down and set aside some time. As far as a plan, the internet is filled with all sorts of Bible plans, you know, reading through the Bible in a year. Like I said before, you know, one Old Testament, one New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, uh, 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 many 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 programs or plans suggest you start with the Gospels. You know, I always tell people to start with the Gospel of John. That's where it talks about in the beginning was the Word. You start there. But whatever, whatever design, whatever approach you decide to use, choose it and then stick to it. And making sure that you're going to study it. The most important part of this here in winding down and closing is that in studying the, studying the Bible, do it with an attitude of prayer. Do it with an attitude of prayer. Pray and ask God to help you to understand and to memorize what those verses are. Okay? If you read something and you're reading it over and over again, again, many of you like me have probably sat down to read a book and you start nodding and your eyes get closed and you find yourself reading the same paragraph over and over again. Oh, let me go back and read that paragraph. Read the paragraph over and over and over again. You know, you know, <clears throat> it it, it finds your way into to watching TV, but now with, with TVs, with the instant replay, you, you know, you fall asleep on a part of the movie you can rewind and go back and catch it up again. I found myself playing the same part for about a half an hour. But reading the Word of God you can do the same thing, so make sure that what you're doing, you, you, you start, sit down and read the, read the word of God, and you go into prayer. Lord, help me, speak to me through your word. Help me to understand what I'm reading. How will these scriptures apply apply themselves to me today, to what I'm doing? If you're reading the Word of God because there's something in particular going on, you know, you're feeling depressed or you got a major problem that you're wrestling with or a major decision that you're going to make, you need to really sit down and pray. Lord, my situation is such and such, and I know you know that, Lord. Give me the answers in your Word. Help me, help me, help me through your Word. Speak to me through your Word, and God will indeed take you to the Scriptures that you need to read, and it will make so much sense to you. Okay. And again, this is a living Word. It's, it's Holy Spirit inspired. So how, what, 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 uh, what is the, the the physiology that happens, or what is the scientific way that that happens? But but when you're reading the Word of God and you connect with what is going on in your life, there is a feeling that takes place in your spirit that will give you such joy and such relief that you will know that this is the answer. This is the answer. Again, I cannot explain. It's a spiritual thing. But all I know that it, having read the, read the Bible for many, many years, and I still do, I still do read it when there's a time of difficulty, when there's something I'm struggling with. And all I can say to you is that God will speak to you through that word. It will touch your spirit, and you will have a knowing. You will know that you know that you know that you know that this is what God wants you to do. Many times it will be a confirmation for something that you've already had heard in prayer, where the Holy Spirit has told you, given you some direction in prayer. The word of God may be confirmation to that also All right. so you always pray about it <clears throat> read verses in context of footnotes and reference verses I said that to you before uh, 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 you can also pick out topics to study you know pick out you know life study topics the bottom line is that God honors and is committed to blessing those who respect and love his precious word it is the most valuable possession that you own because it is his written message written from him to you from Genesis to Revelation God reveals his mind and his heart Everything else will pass away, but the word of our God stands forever, Isaiah 40, verse number 8. The Lord is still on his throne and continues doing what he's promised in his word. When you believe and obey it, then your life can be transformed. Don't overlook the importance of reading the Word of God. You will never know what the truth is if you don't. And you need to know that more and more and more in terms of making decisions, okay, in terms of, in terms of making decisions. You need to know God's Word, okay. There are things playing out in the world today which make no sense at, at all. But uh, I was reading a report, or, or, or my, my wife read a report um, on, in the neighborhood watch community thing um, over in a particular area. <coughs> well, I'll say over in the northeast side. There have been trucks, vans that have been following people around. One guy said a particular car followed him, van follows him for two hours. Everybody online was saying, Well why didn't you drive to a police station? Somebody said, well, why didn't you stop out and turn around and go out and ask him what he wanted? Crazy thing to do. All right? Another one, one was a white, one was a blue van. Okay, so this is something, I don't know whether it's something new that's popping and what the intent is. One actually followed the person home and sat out, sat parked outside the person's house. It was on one of those neighborhood things. And so people are saying, well, why didn't you again call the police? So all I'm just saying to you is that there's a lot, there's a lot of dangerous things going on. We need to make sure that we're in tune with Holy Spirit That God can guide us through every single step of our lives. The things that we kind of think is passe and what not all of a sudden can happen or develop in a heartbeat within your neighborhood or come into your life, into your life circle with your kids or your school or work or whatever, whatever. So we need to be in connection with God. One of the ways is to doing that is through reading His Word. Set aside some time. It's the only way that you can separate truth from fiction. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.